This episode of BTP Daily is brought to you by K Rico Coffee, man. One of the best coffee places you can go to. And they're also selling coffee for everyone all over the place. But it's nice to have some coffee at home. It's also nice to have some coffee somewhere else. But it's also tremendous to go have some over at K Rico Coffee. For those of you that live down in South Florida, definitely a place you want to go to. It's over at 2728 Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood. And uh, you will enjoy it. JR and the gang have some tremendous coffee, have some tremendous types of coffee recipes and all this other good stuff that you will definitely enjoy. But more what you will enjoy, other than the coffee, let me be completely honest with you on this one, is the people. You go in there, you chat, they talk. What a concept, right? People talking nowadays face-to-face and uh, you know, actually caring about what you say and no need to really look at your cell phone in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, K-Rico Coffee gives you that more human experience, that human touch. Because they care so much about their craft, but they also care so much about making you, the consumer, happy with your cup of coffee. Whatever type of coffee you might like, everybody has different tastes, everybody has different likes. K-Rico Coffee has it for you. K-Rico Coffee. It's the people that make coffee good. <laughs> Five nil. If I were to tell you five nil, X team beat Y team five nil. Your first thing, or your first reaction would probably be right. Oh damn! Watch out! That team looks good. But today it wasn't the case. It was it was just an abnormal scene and an abnormal, not abnormal, but it's just like an atypical place with an atypical environment with two very atypical teams in very atypical situations. Although, maybe not so atypical for Saudi Arabia if you start looking at their World Cup history. You look at this team, and they seem to be, or this Saudi Arabia team, and it's a team that just never ends up finding any type of stability. It's a team that, in the span of nine months, have had three coaches. Its league was in tatters. So much so that one of the Saudi Arabian Sheiks had to come in and pay every single bit of debt. I think it was over $340 million that he had to come in, pay so players could play the World Cup and, and, and have all, every, all the commodities they needed, have their salaries, everything in place. They have the latest jet that they fly in, the most high-end type of luxury, everything else you could possibly have, that was what Saudi Arabia had coming into this. They had all that, but they didn't have preparation. And it looked so apparent. It looked so apparent because it just looked like a bunch of friends that got together at the park and just started kicking the ball together. And whatever happened, happened. It was ragtag. Russia, I mean, you, I mean, it's tough to criticize a team that just won 5-0, but they weren't that impressive. They were not impressive at all. But they did enough. And that's all you need. And that's all they were looking for, especially a team that hadn't won in seven matches. That's a big start. That's a big step forward. So whether we think that they did something or not is pretty much irrelevant because it does help their morale. It helps the team in general. That's where we have to start looking at things and how everything starts to play out in this group. They have a big upper hand until they probably might not when they start playing Egypt or Uruguay. You have to see how that team reacts when they're finally popped in the mouth by someone that can actually pop them in the mouth. 
Saudi Arabia looked meek. They didn't find a way to attack properly. And when they did, all of a sudden they lose the ball and the Russians would come in and attack without mercy, consistently, and without really much resistance. It was like a group of 17, 18-year-old kids playing against 9- and 10-year-olds. That's how that match looked from afar. That's just pretty much how it looked. When you see what Saudi Arabia was not able to do, everything from the defense up and from the attackers down. Al Harawi on top, all by himself, no one really there to accompany. Yadi, when he was out wide, there was one ball that came right across, and Yadi gets it, crosses it in, there's nobody there. First of all, let's keep this in mind. You are the team with the shortest average height in the World Cup. Yet you're trying to cross it into the area where you have players that are five, six, seven inches taller. And you're trying to beat them in the air. Like, I'm not a physics major. I'm not anything of the sort. But I can tell you that if, you know, a shorter guy and a taller guy jump about the same, the taller guy is always going to win. I know that much. That's That's the issue here. When... Saudi Arabia were starting to cross balls into the area. The few that they did end up crossing. No challenge for the Russian defense. Of course, a Russian defense that was very organized. That, that was very well you know, packed. It was, it was very compact. But it was also very compact and capable of going on the counter very quickly. And, and you know, sometimes you think that those types of things will work until... Maybe you start saying, oh, my God, they don't. Of course, Zagorev goes down with a hamstring injury. And Dennis Cheryshev comes in. Cheryshev, of course, after the match comes in, and he was so excited in the mixed zone. And he comes up and starts talking to people and saying, hey, look, I talked to my father. Of course, his father was a former player in Spain. He grew up watching his father play in Spain. You know, and, and he attributes a lot of his life and what he's been able to do and his acclimation to, to Spanish football because of that. Of course, he played at the youth system at Sporting Gijon while his father was there. You see what he was able to do. And, and for Russia, the Zagoyev injury ends up being a blessing in disguise. Because Golovin comes into the middle. Then Cheryshev goes out wide and you have a player that has a bit more pace, that can really move around much quicker, that has a little bit more mobility out wide. You have a player that can really fight for balls in the middle, recover, transition, and go quick in, into the middle and start spreading the ball out wide. That's what occurs. Consistently, time and time and time and time again. And again, after a while, when a lot of that is being done on a consistent basis, one's going to go in. Unfortunately for Saudi Arabia, about three of them went in that way. And it was because down the flanks, they were weak. A lot of the attacks, they went down the left, and there was a problem with the left. So what happens? The defense shifts over. They try to compensate that, that leak on, on, excuse me, on the right. And also on the left, they have an issue. So they switch over, and all of a sudden, same problem over here. Russia was doing a good job of moving the ball back and forth. But then that back line was constantly exposed. Why? Because the midfield wasn't covering. One of the biggest criticisms of Pizzi in Saudi Arabia was because he didn't call up a natural 
central midfielder. And you noticed it today. And you noticed that there wasn't somebody to collect the ball, to fight for the ball, to destroy, if you will, for Saudi Arabia. And it was something that was very, was very noticeable. And it compounded a problem on top of another problem that was part of another problem and was generated because of another problem. The team didn't have any sense of shape, didn't have any sense of form. When they came out to pressure, it was only one player, so then all of a sudden the player leaves the space behind him. And a whole cornucopia of issues ends up generating itself into utter disaster for Saudi Arabia. So much so that by the time the opening match, the opening day of the World Cup, guess what? They're on their way out already. Now, and this result seems weird. It seems like one of the biggest blowouts, and it is one of the biggest blowouts ever in a World Cup opener. Looks like things could be a little bit nutty in this World Cup. But then again, we might have tomorrow, and things might come back into order. Hey guys, during this whole month, make sure you check me out over here on BTP Daily. The interviews, I might have them a little bit more scattered as compared to usual when I'm back home on the road. It tends to get a little difficult, but I will do my best to get a couple of interviews, have a couple of them in store, and uh, we'll see what goes on. But in the meantime, I will have a BTP Daily after every World Cup match day. I will give as much analysis as I can. I might even throw my roommate, and some of you might like who he is, as far as that's concerned, my, my roommate will give maybe some analysis as a guest analyst here on BTP Daily. If not, I'll force him to. And uh, I look forward to this huge, huge event. Again, make sure you follow me on iTunes here on BTP Daily. You also check me out on Beyond the Pitch. You can follow us over at BTP, over at Beyond the Pitch on Twitter, original BTP on Instagram, and of course through all the other platforms, Audio Boom, SoundCloud, and many others, as we, both Phil and I, will continue to offer you the best content over there on Beyond the Pitch. But make sure BTP Daily on iTunes and on very other, on, on several other uh, types of content as well.